Hello, my name is Michael, and I'll be doing the scripture reading for right now. It's going to be out of Acts chapter 10, verses 48 through, I'm sorry, 44 through 48. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and exalting God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. That's the word of the Lord. All right, we're in our series of Scattered Church. It's going, we're going through the Acts of what happened to the first believers that had witnessed the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's been pretty good. I think Acts 10 is going to be good as well. I don't know if you've gone to one of those old school, you know, like greasy spoon diners and uh, the coffee actually just comes in two kinds. You can get like the, the brown rim pot or you can get the orange pot. That's it. I, I used to be a server. We had a bank of those things. Uh, there's, there's no pumpkin spice. There are no chai lattes. None, none of that. The server calls you hun, sugar, sweetie, and you sort of appreciate it. Balances out the bad food. Uh, she never lets your... Uh, you know, coffee get below three quarters. She always comes by and she's like, hey, ready for a warm up? Ready for a warm up? And you're like, I'm, I'm okay, I'm all right. I'm all... But like always, always, always. I, I actually think that is such a great metaphor for religion. I really do. Um, it's not all that good. <laughs> and someone is always offering some Jesus just to top you off. We're going through Acts, and I know we've seen this before, but Acts 10 has this set of encounters that just obliterates religion, all right? Um, and it's in this way. It's in this way. Michael read this, this portion of Scripture that is going to summarize a lot of things that happen in Acts 10. Uh, and this is what it is, is the Spirit of God has to do all of the good things and if he doesn't do the good things, all it is is just a cruddy version of religion. That's it. That's it. So that's, that's a great summary. All right. So think of this. It doesn't have to be faith-based religion. The great Harold Bloom said that someone could have a, a civil religion. That is, you, f you get into what are the values of a community, right? You, you get into that. Um, you get into religion, you start something, you give spirituality a try, okay? And you turn over a new leaf, and this is what a religion is. It doesn't have to be a faith-based religion, but like what, you, what you're trying to do is do less naughty things, and you're gonna have a greater output of good things, okay? That's, that's what religion is. Um, and whatever it is, so if it's a civil religion, like the the values of a community, or if it's faith-based religion, or whatever it is, um, there's a certain stance and posture that a new person or a convert to this new thing is supposed to have. There's things to like, there's things not to like, there's people to like, there's people not to like, uh, and this is it. Is 
we assume this. We assume that whatever this new set of beliefs that we're walking into, I might like some of them and I might not like a lot of them, but I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna try to eat and drink and act in a new way. And there's this new set of rules, there's this code of contact, there's conduct, there's some new guidelines that you're gonna follow, okay? So, depending how much you adhere to that code of conduct or guidelines, lets you know how serious you are about the religion, how mature you are in the religion, and how advanced you've become in the religion, okay? And so this is what it's gonna do, is if you follow religion, like what I do or what I don't do, if you follow a religion, you will always, always, always find someone below you. You're always gonna find someone who's like, well, they're not doing the religion as well as I am doing the religion. And you'll always find someone above you. Wow, they are really knocking the religion out of the park. I sure would like to do the religion like they do the religion someday. And there's a third category is like, uh, you will always have some people that are not doing the religion that are the nasty other people because they're not doing the religion. So you find people below you, you find people above you, and you can find nasty people who are not doing the religion. That's how you know that you are in a religion. And it can be a corporate religion, it can be a civil religion, or it can be a faith-based religion. Everybody's gonna worship something. Everybody's in a religion. So this is how I would define religion. This is my own, this is, I, I didn't get this from a book, so, so if you, it, you definitely can push up against it. <laughs> because I'm not quoting someone else, right? I would say this, religion is this, it's an exertion of self, something that you do or you don't do, so something about you, and when you do that, you get a little spiritual boost, a little steroid shot, you might even get a spiritual rush, but you know this, oh, I'm better at it now. Uh, so, or, and this is what you're gonna do, you're gonna adopt certain external acts or you're gonna have the absence of certain misbehaviors. That's religion, that's religion. So this is where I think Christianity is really incredibly misunderstood. And I don't think you might not want a minister saying this next part. But if Christianity is religious, then I am at the point of where I'd really like to leave it. Now, you may think I'm saying this for rhetoric for the sermon, but let me, let me just tell you this. If it turns out that religion is do more, try harder, be nice, and don't cheat, Tim, Tim, Jesus is cheering you on, and he's rubbing your shoulders, and he is your coach in the corner of the boxing ring while you go out and box, and when you come back and you're bruised, he's there. He's like, buddy, you're doing great. This next round, this next round, I want you to look for that uppercut, okay, buddy? You can do this. You can just do a little bit better this next round. Here, you want some Gatorade? If that is Christianity, I don't want it. I don't even want to be a minister in it. If that's it, I want to leave. I really do. It's just, it's, all it is, is it's just a bunch of bunk. And look, I don't need the church 
for that, for that version of good. And look, let me tell you this, you guys don't need it either, which could kind of be an encouragement. You're like, I don't need that. I do not need the church to be incredibly good at religion. You don't need it. I had someone recently, let's say yesterday. <laughs> they asked me this, um, hey, why are you a minister? And, and, and they were authentically perplexed and confused at my career path. And I told them, I said, I just finally ran into a spirituality that was not religious. Like, it just wasn't counting on me to do the things. And I said this, I said this openly. I said the goodness, the, the solutions, the work, the development is on someone else and it's not me because now at my age, I said I, I am more convinced that I cannot fix the things. Um, I might have been more colorful than I was just now because he asked me this question. He says, do you say that in front of your congregation? He said, because I would go to a church like that. I said, no, I try to keep it really family friendly. <laughs> so there's that. I'll work on that. I have, a, I have a phrase I use in my journal, and I've been using this phrase a long time, but I write this phrase in my journal, I say, I'm realizing this again for the first time. I'm realizing this again for the first time. And some of you may know what I mean by that. I'm realizing that the Spirit does the work. And Acts 10 reminds me of this again. In fact, if the spirit doesn't do the work, there is nothing but religion left. And if there's just religion left, I want out. I will help you out with me. But this is really cool. I want you to consider three very, very different people when we look at Acts 10. And they're wildly different. One is not in Acts 10, but I think you're going to understand why I'm going to use this guy. Let's consider the most inside, a, a person that is inside a hardcore religious infrastructure. Like all the way in, has climbed to the top. Let's consider someone inside a hardcore religious infrastructure. Let's call him Nicodemus and go to John 3. All right, and he goes to Jesus, it's at night, it's a little bit on the sly, and they have this rooftop chat. And Jesus, it's, it's incredible, is he entertains Nicodemus because Nicodemus is different from the other ones because the other ones sort of thought Jesus would look good dead. And so he recognizes that Nicodemus is actually one of the good ones in this hardcore religious structure. And you know what he tells Nicodemus? He goes, you are so good paraphrase. Nicodemus, I am so struck by who you are. You're so good that you need an absolute utter rebirth. You're one of the good ones and you need the Holy Spirit to make you alive. 
That's a person in a hardcore religious infrastructure. And Jesus thinks he needs the spirit of God. Person two, this is who I want you to consider. Um, He's outside, he's very, very outside the religious infrastructure in that he is not in any sort of religious infrastructure, (laughs) okay? But check this out. He is super hardcore about doing all of the wonderful, thoughtful parts of religion. Who is that? It's Cornelius. He's that centurion, right? At the beginning of Acts 10, he is someone not even remotely close to religion. And yet he's doing very good religious things. Uh, It says in verse 22, it says that Cornelius, he's a centurion, he's a Roman, he's righteous, he's God-fearing, and he was respected by all of the religious people, the Jewish people. That's what it says. And then verse 31, you can look at this. um, In Acts 10, it says, God has heard your prayer, Cornelius, and remembered your gifts to the poor. Okay, this is what it's saying. It's saying, God has heard you be so sincere that you help charitably and you're praying to God like he's real. And this is what he said. You're the best of the best outside of religion and you need to see Peter because you need the spirit of God. You're the best of the best and you need the spirit of God. There's no way forward unless you have the spirit of God. I want you to consider a third person. (laughs) Um, he, He knows Jesus really well. You could say he is the insider of all insiders when it comes to Jesus and his crew. It's Peter. He's in Acts 10. So this is what has happened is that Cornelius, the, uh, the Holy Spirit, God has said to Cornelius, you gotta find this guy, Peter from Joppa. The Spirit visits Peter and he says, you've got to find this centurion, Cornelius. And then what happens? Um, he has that really weird vision. And the weird vision is all of these animals from Jewish culture and religion that have been unclean. So basically, he's saying, look, you get to eat shrimp now, you get to have barbecue. Okay, and it's weird, and we think, oh, it's about the food. Um, uh, uh, look at Peter, he can literally say, um, look, you guys don't understand, I have been boating with Jesus Like, I wouldn't call it water skiing, but like, I was on water, and he kind of helped me through it. Like, we've hung out, we've even worked through some stuff, you wouldn't believe it. Like, I have, I bailed on him, and like, he came around, and he forgave me, like, we are, we've been through some stuff together, and we're tight now. He could say all this stuff. This is what he says when the shrimp and the barbecue come down. He says, hey God, um, 
I follow my religious rules carefully. I don't eat things that are unclean and impure. And we think it's about the food. And God responds and he says, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. I'm gonna say this a little different way. What is God saying? Because it's not about the shrimp and the barbecue. He's saying, I am the one who works, Peter. I am the one that is gonna make something that people say is not right. I am the one who makes it right. I want you to get that, Peter. And it goes for religious rules. It goes for people doing the religious rules or not doing the religious rules. This is what he's saying to Peter. Peter, even you, even you need the spirit of God to do something in your life. Even if it's for someone else, you need the spirit of God, Peter. You are so close to me. You even need the spirit of God in an ongoing way. Um, three different people, right? One, super hardcore into religious infrastructure. One, completely outside of religious infrastructure. And even the person who knows Jesus, for all of them, the Spirit of God must do the work. Everything else is religion. And it doesn't even taste that good. I'm realizing this again for the first time. Here's some questions for you. Have you ever participated and tasted a religion that doesn't demand more of you and more trying? Have you ever tasted a different beverage than the one that you've had where you have all of your excellence and you just need a little tad more Jesus to top you off? Two more questions. Have you ever tasted a spirituality that is not connected to your doing but it's resting in the doing, the doing of Jesus. Last question. Have you ever given up your control of self-help and turned to the Spirit of God to do all of the things? Let's pray for that. Let's pray for that. Spirit of God, I need you. I don't need more of me. 
I need you. Spirit of God, we need you. We don't need more of ourselves. We need you. We need you. In your name, amen.